Hello and welcome to What Goes Around Series 3. Yes, we're finally back and I'm Eamon Murtagh. And I'm Anne Frankenstein for now. And this week we talk about award ceremonies and Anne's very special dress. My shiny sausage dress. Mm, Sausages. (laughs) That's right. Have you got your Christmas shopping done, Eamon? Because Mm -mm. we have a little guide for you and our listeners, don't we? That's always handy because the goose is getting fat, as they say. And we have a fantastic guest this week. We've pulled all our showbiz connections, i.e. we rang up Joe Wallace and said, what's your husband doing? We've booked the fantastic Daddy Ash, Mr. Ashley Beadle, the Don of British House Music, has come to tell us all about his life and times in the music industry. And speaking of whom, Joe Wallace, Mrs. Ramrock herself, is going to be joining us along with B.B. Lynch and Connor Jatter for a special Christmas chaotic pop-up quiz. <laughs> yes, None of us have been drinking before this quiz was uh, was going ahead. I'd just like to add that caveat now. You could you could never tell listening to it. I'm telling <laughs> you, Lisa, when I tried to edit that, it was it was like someone had thrown a load of voices at a wall just to see what happened. <laughs> I don't envy you. Just follow the Christmas spirit. That's all it is. Exactly. Anyway, I've chopped it up and made it good. Let's pod. Pod. Christmas pod. It's just been ages, isn't it? And Frankenstein, friend of mine, please tell me what goes around in your magnificent and sparkling world of showbiz. <laughs> Funny you should say sparkling. I hosted an award ceremony for the first time on um, Thursday night. Uh, I've never hosted anything in vision before. Obviously, I mm. do radio, but that's where I'm in my comfortable place, hunched mm. over a microphone with slippers, <laughs> sometimes a bathrobe on, um, depending on the time of year. You know, so so presenting something in vision is like a, a foreign country to me, especially up on a stage with cue cards. Uh, it was all it was all very daunting, yeah. um, and uh, I'm very. It's a big do as well, Jazz FM Awards. Yeah, it's so quite a big, big do. Big, it was a big do. do. Unfortunately, because I was up on stage um, the whole time, loads of uh, all the celebrities that I wanted to meet sort of came and went before I got ah. a chance to to harangue them for photos afterwards, which was sad. Mm. But um, I presented the awards with Soweto Kinch, who we interviewed on the the podcast. In yeah, lovely Soweto, who is just charm and charisma personified. Um, so it was nice to have him there. And uh, I got to wear a extremely ridiculous and impractical dress, which I bought for no particular reason a while ago. Um, it's like a hologram fishtail dress. I do look like a shiny sausage in it. But oh, I like to think, on. I like to think in a come nice on. way. Um, you look like a beautiful fish. That's just, <laughs> no, does that, is that any better? I, think uh, yeah, I don't um, mind looking like a shiny sausage. Uh, yeah, but well, um, you, look, you look great is what I'm trying to say. Oh, and, well, thank uh, you. It, thank was, you. it was a very suave looking, you know, I think you got the right, the right look. It was, it was showbiz, that. it was sparkles. You know, you this did is good. The thing. There's no other opportunity in my life I would ever. I, I almost wore it to a restaurant with Tim for our anniversary, but I'm so glad when I got to the restaurant that I didn't because it really <laughs> isn't. It's not appropriate for anywhere except uh, something like that. But it well, was also if you had done right, yeah. then you, basically in the in the covers of a Vogue magazine or the Express magazine or whatever it is that they're covering the Jazz FM awards mm-hmm. in, um, it had uh, oh. DJ Anne Frankenstein wears the same dress she wore to the Wimpy a week before. That was true. It was nice to uh, debut it at an appropriate event. Um, But this is the thing, right? So 
I was really nervous. We had a couple of rehearsals and, you know, I hope to do, I hope to get better at these things if I have the opportunity to compare anything again. But this is my top tip, right? So, and I get asked Mm. about this sometimes um, on podcasts and stuff. People say, oh, do you get nervous, like interviewing people? How do you calm down your nerves if you're doing something live? Da, 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 da. And I know everyone wants me to say like, oh, just do breathing exercises or, Mm. you know, just visualize it going really well or, you know, whatever. Mm. No, that's not my practical advice. My practical advice is take a fucking beta blocker. I don't know why this isn't (laughs) a more commonly shared thing. I secretly think everyone is doing this, but they just don't want to share it because Mm. I don't know, there's some kind of stigma. Beta blockers are the fucking way. If you're nervous about something, because... If you're about to, to do something that's making you nervous and also the uh, symptoms of your nervousness are going to impact your act- mm. the quality of your delivery of the thing, beta blockers, they basically in- inhibit the physical symptoms of anxiety and nerves. So like racing heart rate, sweaty palms, clouded, yeah. uh, you know, um, brain fog. They just take all of that away. So it just allows you to deliver whatever it is you have to do in a smooth and professional manner. Have you ever well, have you ever taken beta blockers for anything? Um, well, I've taken most things. I don't know if I <laughs> probably have at some stage. I'll just, I don't know. I'd chuck anything down my throat. But it reminds me of many years ago in the 80s, there was a, a, a giant snooker player, and I use the word advisedly, called Bill Werbenick. Mm. And he was a Canadian guy, and he was the size of a house. He was about, I don't know, he was about 35 stone or something. Huge bloke. But... Um, this is in the days when they were all drinking lager as they played. Mm. Uh, yeah, And Bill Werbenick, big fella. I mean, he could knock back eight, nine pints in a match. Easy. No mm. problem. And it turned out that he was also on beta blockers because all this excessive drinking and late night um, snookering and, and eating like a crazed moose had uh, had effects on his heart. So he was on these uh, beta blockers and he was he was drinking away and all that sort of stuff. But the result was that, you know, while everyone else was getting a bit caught up with the um, the excitement of the matches, Big Bill was just like cruising, you know, <laughs> he didn't feel a thing. And there was a big hoo-ha about it. And then I think, they, I think they're banned now. I don't think you're allowed to take them anymore. You don't only take but beta blockers. I don't think you were not in competitive snooker. I might what? be wrong, but uh, I, believe, I believe you're not allowed to take them anymore. You can buy beta blockers online. You don't even need a prescription for them. It's Mate, not you like... can buy anything online if you've got the right connection. <laughs> I don't mean the dark web. I mean the, the light web. <laughs> You can buy beta blockers on the light web, and that is my top tip for anyone. I'm probably going to get, um, yeah. I'm probably so going to get a slap on the wrist here. Kids with aspiration to present take drugs. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with beta blockers. Any GP will tell you that. All it does is clear your brain yeah. and allows you to yeah. get on with the job competently. I wouldn't recommend Absolutely. them for uh, recreational use. But, you know, in a situation like that... Because yeah, it sounds like in a, in a recreational capacity, unlike, you know, say Coke or ecstasy or anything else, instead of going out and having a really good time, you just go out and be unmoved by everything. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, I wouldn't even... There's no, not even a reason to use them recreationally. If you're a no. very chilled out person day to day like me and you, you know, yeah. you wouldn't really need beta blockers. But sometimes there's a, there's a time and a place and they help me out on Thursday night and I'm grateful mm. and I had a, a good time, so... Oh, well, I'm very pleased for you. And I, I, you did a marvellous job and well done to you. And no one would ever know that your engine was being oiled by these uh, <laughs> pharmaceuticals. So 
in a far more innocent time, Christmas 2019, when we had just launched the podcast, I remember talking to you, Eamon, about how sad it was that things had changed so much in the world. If you had a music lover in your family or even a person who just casually enjoyed music, a CD was always a safe choice to get them. And uh, now, of course, we don't have that option. Records as well difficult to buy for people now that there's such a big hold up in the old vinyl factories that's true and it used to be just so easy but Anne, there's something you can do for the music lover in your life you can buy them a very special book the trouble is there are a lot of different books out there aren't there <laughs> yes there are papa amen why don't you tell me more <laughs> why don't we start a what goes around book club and we can start by picking out two fabulous music-based books for people to buy their loved ones this christmas Please tell me more. Well, I've got a bit of tape to play. Paperback writer. Joining us today is rock and roll cultural historian and author Jennifer Otter Bickerdyke. Jennifer has written a number of books, including tomes on Britney Spears, and she's edited the Will Sargent biography. But we're here today to talk about her biography of Nico. It has the wonderful title of You Are Beautiful and You Are Alone. And Nico is one of those mysterious figures that I don't think the world knows enough about. Tell us why you chose to write a book about Nico and why that matters. I don't know anyone else like me in that I worked in the music industry for 30 years. I've worked at a label. I've worked at Facebook. I have a PhD from Goldsmiths in fandom. And I'm a complete nerd fan. And I'm the first one to say that. So I mean, my PhD was on Joy Division, so mm -hmm. I have worked really closely with bands, but then I've also studied bands, and I've studied how to make other people love bands. So I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do that's going to be different? And I'm like, I really want to look at how women have been written about and write about women in the way that I wish that I, like books I wish I could have read when I was coming up. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I started just kind of like looking around and like, I came upon Nico and like she's just in so many different polls and you know dorky things like you know Rolling Stones most important women of rock she's on there but then there's not much written about her I'm like who is this and then I realized I'm like okay she's that girl that was in the Velvet Underground and so I I thought okay like she's probably playing like country fairs or is on like Dancing on Ice or something like that. And then when I started reading like her story, it was just so crazy, I couldn't believe it. And then I started watching the videos of her and I was like, oh my goodness. And I started just, I just became obsessed with the story and the woman and really the mythology around her. There didn't seem to be, there did not seem to be a story because again, like I'm a, I'm a total archive nerd. And I'm like, okay, there's all these stories and hearsay what's the actuality i wanted to get factual with it and that became really really important to unpick all these these tales good and bad that people thought about nico so that was the genesis of the book and it took me four years in total i think nico has an awful lot of mystery about her and most people literally only know her from a year or so in the velvet underground but she then went on to make startlingly unusual albums like Chelsea Girl and Marble Index and open for punk bands like Susie and the Banshees playing a pump organ in front of 2,000 spitting leather-coated yobsters. She continued somehow to have an influence on generations coming up despite never really 
getting the success that maybe uh, another star of that era would have would have been able to garner it's really it's so sad when you watch interviews with her because like you said she was velvet the velvet underground wasn't even a year it was like nine months you're you're gonna get some velvet underground sessives hitting you up being like it was seven months three weeks and 48 hours so you, you think about your life i mean i think about people ask me all the time they're like what was kurt cobain like because i worked with kurt cobain early on in my career mm. that was i'm 49 now that was more that was like 30 years ago mm. so you think about how nico must have felt it's like that was such a long it's, it doesn't even seem like your life so you're watching this woman that's like you know mid-40s woman who's put out multitude of albums on her own which like you said to me are equally if not more startling and strange and artistic and just fucking bizarre than the velvet underground and she's being asked so what was andy warhol like she's being asked about these men she's still being defined by men 20 plus years after the fact and i just i I would i would say that one of the reasons i'm so i was saying before we started recording one of the reasons i'm so excited to go on vacation rage and anger i would say are my two main feelings (laughs) that have have filled my life because you just you can't help if you have a heart you can't help but just be so frustrated for this woman uh where can we buy this book what's who's publishing it and uh tell us what you're doing next please It's, it's out here in the uk on faber and faber i'm really honored i've been selected by rough trade as one of their top books of the year by Uncut and Mojos, and by you. So thank you so, so much. No problem. It's great to have you on the podcast, and you get the What Goes Around seal of approval. Go out and get it in your stockings, people. It's a great book. Thank you so much, Jen, for coming along today and talking about Nico. It's been a real eye-opener, and I look forward to reading it again. Oh, thank you so much. Happy holidays! (laughs) You too. I'm joined by Richard Ganter, who is, like me, a huge Chess Records fan and has put together a beautiful book called Chess Record Corp, a tribute, which is like a, a visual history of Chess Records. Thank you for being here, Richard. Thank you, Anne, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. What moved you to put this book together? It seemed at the time uh, uh, sort of a, a logical extension of, of all the recordings that we re-released. Um, we had a lot of people asking about um, are there any books available you know, around the, the releases and we've got to do something a bit different, something conceptually different, really, you know, not just any text uh, that would sort of convey the, the history of the label. What you have here is, is really a, a coffee table book that I'm hoping, we are hoping that it will stand the test of time. <laughs> yeah, and when I think about chess visually, and that's why it's so wonderful flicking through this book, because it's so well represented to me, when I when I think about chess, I think about that classic sort of 1950s bluesy mm. rock and roll aesthetic, be that Howlin' Wolf and his harmonica or right. Etta James with her amazing vanilla ice cream hair, amazing cars, amazing flyers for these mm. these gigs with these artists. What what do you see as as being foundations of, of the aesthetic that pulls chess records together? I think, you know, in, in the 1950s, uh, you had, of course, Rocket 88, which is the first sort of rock track, it pulled exactly those things together that you just talked about, which is really the the car, you know, the, the f- fantastic, you know, 
cars that were, you know, had these big wings at the back. When you see uh, people like Chuck Berry that uh, came out with one hit after the next in that whole 1950s feel, which effectively encapsulated, you know, everything, which is the fashion that you just touched upon, uh, the music, the feel, the differences in, in the social changes that uh, were taking place. And, and of course, that, that was also effectively uh, instantly uh, available in, in, in the clubs. Yeah, and I think that energy and that sort of alchemy and that moment of change is really mm. kind of captured so beautifully in, in the photos. Um, before I let you go, have you got a favorite image or a favorite couple of images that are in the book? There's definitely uh, the one with uh, Chuck Berry, mm -hmm. where he's doing sort of a split, a classic split on stage, you know, um, where he's, he's just doing his, his fantastic pose. There, there is a very interesting, very interesting image of um, Howling Wolf, uh, where he's, he's got this very strong, strong look um, which is a portrait shot of him, which is in the very beginning of the mm. book, and which describes a little bit about the blues, uh, where Willie Dixon gives a sort of rendition about what blues really means and what it feels, you know. Mm. So these are the two images for me are, are very, very interesting. It's such a beautiful book. Chess Rec Record Corp, a tribute by Richard M. Ganter. Richard, thank you so much for speaking with me. And where, where can we pick up the book? All good bookshops, as they say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Fabulous. Thank you so much again, Richard. Thank you so much for having me. What we're going to do right here is go back. Way back. Back into time. Our guest today is DJ, composer and musician Ashley Beadle. Ashley is an absolute don of British house music and his work has earned respect on both sides of the Atlantic. For over 30 years, he's been one of the most prolific and consistent producers in his field. His CV includes the legendary outfits Express 2, Black Science Orchestra and the Ballistic Brothers. In 2003, he scored a number one hit with his remix of Sir Elton John's Are You Ready For Love? And he continues to sprinkle his audio magic on a variety of projects, notably as part of the North Street Productions, whose reworks for Ramrock Records have delivered some of our favourite remixes in recent years. We are delighted to welcome the daddy himself, Ashley Beadle to the show. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Ashley. Ashley. Oh, it's, it's, nice, it's nice being called Don. It's very <laughs> Oh, man. You well can't deserved. tell us it's not the first time. That can't be the first time you've been called a Don, surely. Oh, no, no. I mean, I've been called the Don a couple of times, but it's only where they got my name wrong. <laughs> You're far too oh, It's a, it's a fitting, fitting moniker. I could fill a couple of bags with the mixes you've done in the past. I mean, not yes. everyone, of course, who listens to this podcast is terribly au fait with the world of house music we tend to cover all types of music so for those that don't know i mean a quick idea of of the sort of status you have i had a little look on discogs this morning and so you've got over a thousand credits on records to your yes, name that is it's, amazing it's, um, and stuff i've actually even forgotten about i mean there's people <laughs> funny enough this year have been coming up to me with catalogs of my work you know yeah and uh you know do you remember this one ashley and i'm like 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what a nice surprise. But, um, yeah, but, you know, it, 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 it's a joy and an, an absolute blessing to be, at my age anyway, still in the game and, and still, mm. you know, being offered and still working with people, you know, my age, younger, and, you know, it, it's brilliant. And, you know, it's all, all praises due, as we like to say, down at the... Uh, Ramrock offices there definitely <laughs> we're, we're going to dig into your musical past a little bit and really excited about about uh, what you've chosen but yeah I mean in terms of new stuff what excites you now having been in the business for so long um well it's funny because um, I do a radio show um don't worry I'm not advertising but I do I do a radio show called heavy disco spectacular on um Giles Peterson's worldwide fm Mm-hmm. Um, and that's once a month. And basically, that show allows me to play very much new music. And uh, my wife, Jo Wallace, she produces the show for me and uh, she runs a very tight ship. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, we, we, we go out of our way to feature brand new music, which runs right across the spectrum. And within me doing that show, I discover so much beautiful stuff. Um, mm. And, you know, a lot of the stuff comes from very young producers, uh, DJs, etc. And, you know, in, in my world, anyway, it's really good to pass the baton over, so to speak, and, you know, allow a lot of these young people starting to shine through. Mm. It's, it's lovely. Mm, yeah. It really is. Well, that's definitely the way it should be. I mean, we we yeah. talked uh, with Brian Jackson a while ago about... Um, Oh, hero. Yeah, totally. The the lineage of jazz. And he was, you know, really into this idea of like, you know, you you learn from your elders and you pass on to your youngers, you know, and and that's that's how the music keeps growing, you know. Yeah, we pass the information and we spread the knowledge. That's a quote from uh, one of Roy Ayer's acts back in the day there you go there you go well you mean you've done some brilliant stuff over the years i have to say i mean i'm a a big fan for um for many reasons really i think one of the things i really like about your productions um is this a a lot of musicality you know you're not a a sample and loop it guy there's a lot of finesse and uh and just um i mean i don't know how much stuff is played live on these things but a lot of a lot of stuff is played live but that's down to the people i actually work with as well it really you can really feel it you know Mm. you can feel that live, and that doesn't often happen on house records you know quite often that that is the first thing to go on a remix so yes yeah well i mean i have done you know don't get me wrong i have done a sample and track records because they are a lot of fun and i've done Mm. lots of um disco edits and stuff back in the day and Mm. not so many now but i I used to do loads of them because they were just so much fun to play out with you know Mm. i think it's a saturated market now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is a little bit i have a friend called easy who uh i have to have the name check because uh your um edit of new jersey deep wood brass and steel wood brass and steel i always get that wrong i mean it's a complete remake really but um, yes he has played that record every gig i have ever played with him for 20 years and I, i'm not even exaggerating i mean literally every party we've thrown <laughs> at some stage we'll all be dancing away and it'll go bum 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 and everyone's like oh he's his other day <laughs> it's <laughs> so, my it's my happy albatross that record <laughs> oh man it's a, it's a killer tune it still goes off so you mm. know i had to mention that otherwise easy would kill me <laughs> oh bless well, give easy my love <laughs> I will do, man. I will do. So, listen, you've you've got um, a, a great selection of of records that you've picked out here. Shall we start off and and get into it? 
Your first one is the fifth dimension. Everything's been changed. Tell us about this one. It's uh, well, it's quite. Uh, it touches my heart deeply. This record, um, and the reason being is um, about eight years ago, um, my life was turned upside down. I I became very ill um, through mental health uh, because I I was diagnosed as um, quite a long time back uh, as being um, bipolar, and um, you know. Uh, at that time, about eight years ago, I, you know, it was just the world went crazy, so to speak. Um, mm. I had to go into um, uh, therapy. I, I'd spent time at a mental health unit and I had to get myself better. And um, the person, you know, hand on heart, along with my family, my manager, Adam, uh, Dewhurst, etc. But um, the person that kind of guided me a lot was my wife. Now my wife, Joe Wallace. Effectively, she she saved me, so to speak, because she knew what to do, if you like. Um, and when I came out um, of my therapy uh, and getting myself better, so to speak, um, she gave me this record, the uh, the Fifth Dimension. Everything's been changed, and uh, it filled a massive space, if you like, in my heart. I, I remember distinctly, I listened to it when she played it to me and I'd, I just cried and cried and cried with absolute joy um, because mm. it kind of, it, it, it started another like era, if you like, or another, another part, if you like, of my life where mm. I knew I was getting better. And um, for me, it was like, wow, you know, everything has been changed. But And the weird thing was, a few years after that, well, not long after that, um, myself and Joe went for um, a short vacation in Las Vegas. And uh, the main reason we went was to go and see Cher live. Oh, wow. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Which was an absolutely stunning show. Um, but the weird thing was we were, we were sitting in our hotel room and um, we found out that Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr., who uh, the married couple from the fifth dimension mm. were playing round the corner. Mm. So we thought we've got to go. So we bought the tickets. We went to see them live, you know, and uh, it was kind of like a full circle thing. Oh my God. We've just gone to see Marilyn McGoo and Billy Davis Jr. of the fifth dimension and watched them perform all the hits. And it was like, it was one of the great moments in my life. I think it was beautiful. Wow. And, uh, so that record is so dear to my heart. And, um, and I'd just like to say, you know, I love you, Joe Wallace, very much. Oh, we love her too. Not tell me yeah, I'm really the same way.
question actually which uh, I, I, I meant to ask Joe and I never got around to it how did you two meet well we met a long time ago as friends mm. um, I was always uh, <laughs> it was we met at Heathrow Airport I was with Express 2 <laughs> uh, and I was sitting down now previous to the meeting at Heathrow Airport I was interviewed for a Northern Soul um, short film mm. why they were interviewing me uh, for this Northern Soul short film I don't know but it was me and people like Trevor Nelson we're all asked about our opinions on Northern Soul. Joe was actually in the same film, but even though we never met, you know, because they filmed everyone separately. Yeah. But she saw my bit of footage and she sort of like got really pissed off with me. Excuse my French. And <laughs> uh, said, said to me, you know, said to the screen, what's this man doing on the screen talking about Northern Soul? He knows nothing about it. <laughs> and uh, she said, so the weirdest thing was, I was sitting at the airport. She came bowling along. And uh, I thought, oh, my God, that's Joe Wallace. And I could see her marching towards me with this look of like, right, I'm going to tell you off. And then she got up to me and uh, she said, right, you're Ashley Beadle. And I said, and you're Joe Wallace. And she just giggled. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought you were going to run the end of a terrible dressing down then. (laughs) No, not at all. And then we sat on the plane and uh, I was just skipping through her box of records on the plane. And oh, uh, picking out picking out all the the, uh, the killer tunes and asking her about them, and she was giving me uh, all the stories about these Northern Soul records. It was fantastic. Oh, that is the best possible meet cute yeah. story. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we you know we we became very close friends, and uh, yeah, and we used to just ring each other up and talk about mad records and all sorts. Yeah, it's brilliant. I'd like to say, yeah. she is she's a big friend of the show, and uh, yes, we, we yes. love Joe as well. So, and what a, what a lovely story. I think it's 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 a real testament. Again, uh, we say this quite often on this show, but like, you know, if you get the right song at the right time, it really can just turn you around. It can, you know, no matter what you've been through, it can it can change the way oh, you feel me- and. Absolutely, music. Music can you know, music saves lives. Trust me. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, your second choice again. It, this is one of my all-time favorite records. What a crazy, bonkers bit of rare groove. Cameos, the sound table. Tell us Ooh, about finding this one. Well, now this came out in 1981. Now this is when I was a bit of a soul boy, mm. um, and. Um, all these amazing groups were coming out of America and all of us would be running down the import shops, you know, to buy these records. And um, they brought out this album in 1981 called Knights of the Sound Table. Okay album, you know. And, you know, I must tell people, this is the first incarnation of Cameo before yeah. they became Cameo Number no. 2 with the uh, the red cod pieces. Yes. <laughs> which, which, which the singer is still valiantly wearing live, I saw recently. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, so this album, you know, it was okay. It wasn't too bad. 
But then all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, the, the, the clubs in London started playing the track, The Sound Table. Um, and it was bringing out all these amazing dancers, you know, into the clubs mm. and everything else. And people were all like going crazy about this track. And um, it's one of those tracks where over the years, it's just become very, very sampled, if you like. Mm. You know, lots of people, especially among the Broken Beat gang and, you know, um, were sampling this record and, and, you know, turning out new tracks based around it. The reason I chose it mainly as well was because one of my close friends um, and DJs, Phil Asher, yeah, who, who passed him. away, you know, sadly, he loved that record to death. Mm. And I'm, I think he must have made about four different tunes, bless him, that sampled <laughs> it. <laughs> and one of the, one of the tunes that, would, that, that um, sampled it um, was under we, me, Phil Asher, and an, another wonderful musician and friend, Ushi Klaassen, who worked with the Ballistic Brothers. Me, Phil and Ushi had a, a, a studio group called The Rising Suns, and we did a track on that EP we did, and it came out on Henry Street Records in America. Um, and um, yeah, one of the tracks, I, think, I can't remember the name of the track now, you must forgive me, um, but it used the cameo because we loved it so much and we turned it into this kind of like jazz funk house dance record, you know. Yeah. And, and it still reminds me of amazingly brilliant times of like, you know, going into Camden, down the Electric Ballroom, watching Paul Anderson play it and, mm -hmm. you know, all these other people that were just so into that record and also about that time and that space within 1981 where we're all young, free, and totally bloody mad. So there you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was before all the um, all the thumping and bumping of the house generation came along. So absolutely, but that you know, thing. yeah, and you know, and it still and it still stands up as one of the the great in my eyes. Even though I don't think Cameo were looking at it as that, but it stands up as a great jazz dance record. <laughs> just as you know to kind of reset the room because it, it's got these incredible sort of horn stabs and quite yes. a weird rhythm to it 
And yeah. just as it kind of bumps its way in and you're expecting this kind of big sort of blaring horn track, it then just does all this ba da ba 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 and floats off into space. I think, it's, it's a I think, wonderful thing. Yeah, I think um he <laughs> I think he was I think he was like decided that he wanted to be Earth, Wind and Fire for that track. <laughs> <laughs> we all want to be Earth, Wind and Fire deep down, don't we? <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more? Because you say it was absolutely mad. I'm I'm curious about what it was like to be a soul boy during that period, 1981, when it was jazz funk, you know, just before house broke. What was it actually? Paint us a picture of what it was like for you at that well, time. Well, for me at the time, you know, we, we were kind of like one foot was in each camp, you know, mm. i.e. you had one foot in black music, but then, in, you know, people like myself, you know, we were bowling down and... Kensington Market, etc., and so you'd, you'd you'd be buying your your latest imports, you know, down in the West End from Groove Records or something, yeah. a place like that. But then you'd go and hit, um, you know, Kensington Market, and then you'd get your, uh, you know, Orange Juice and Joy Division, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and wear, and wear very long grey coats and have like a certain <laughs> a certain look on your face Quick as if to change. say, yeah, yeah, and you'd be looking at people going, you know, I know things that you don't know. <laughs> You know, I'm very young. I know things, you know, and you knew it's just total crap. <laughs> but the music obsession seems to be at the centre of absolutely everything. Like even when you talk about meeting Joe, you know, um, that was all centred around these these fev- fevered conversations about music, and you know the, the sort of picture you're painting now. Was it always that way for you? Like how how did you grow up? Like at what point did you did you realise that you didn't just like music that you were obsessed with it? Oh, it's my, you know, I've many, many an interview. It, it's down to my father, mm. you know, bless him. And he's sadly not on this planet anymore. But my dad had the most amazing record collection in the world, mm. you know. And uh, he, we, where, where we used to live, we used to live in Station Road in Harrow. And mm. uh, opposite where we lived, um, there was a greengrocer's. And at the back of the greengrocers was a record shop. And it was... <laughs> the, so back my... the, <laughs> the back of the greengrocers? It was fresh really bizarre. Fresh vinyl. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So so my dad, you know, my mum would say, oh, can you go over and get like a sack of potatoes? And of course, you know, she'd expect... My dad always used to take me with him. She'd expect us back for Sunday dinner or, you know, the the, the, the evening's dinner. And then, of course, we'd go in the back of the record shop and it'd take like two hours Get a sack of was this to facilitate people's husbands or wives being sent off to get the groceries? I love oh, that. Oh, I don't know, but it was, I'm not joking, it was the most amazing record shop. It really, really was. And uh, and if you couldn't get a record, um, you'd, you'd order it, you know, and he'd get it in for you within a week. Amazing. It was amazing. It really was. Wow. Um, and that's, you know, that's where for my dad, I think, was where he, he, he uh, developed his love for um for vinyl i was just gonna say what what sort of things was it was he into what was what was the thing that that you you, you latched onto that was part of his taste when i was growing up when i was younger it, for my mum and dad uh, they used to dance around the living room a lot to blue beat records so <laughs> you know you had prince buster and old yeah. ellis and all kinds of crazy stuff and i loved that and if one of the records actually was muriel by alton and eddie which mm. was alton ellis and another guy called eddie whose name or surname i can't remember but it was a beautiful kind of ballad, you know. It wasn't even scar; it was just mm. a beautiful ballad. And that I remember, like you know, watching my mum and dad glide around the living room to that. Um, but then, you know, my dad developed tastes for all sorts of music, you know. And so, you know, 
I always say to people, you know, he, his musical taste went from bark to big youth <laughs> and all points in between. He, my dad was just mad on music. It was incredible. Yeah. But he came from a very musical family. So there. As in musicians or as in musicians? Uh, in musicians, yeah. My, my dad's family, uh, who uh, my dad's family originally came from um, Abbots Langley in Hertfordshire. And uh, two of my dad's brothers and their their siblings as such, they had a band called Reflections. Yeah. Uh, and they used to go around all the working men's clubs in um, Hertfordshire, um, you know, playing Buddy Holly covers. And, and my dad took me a couple of times. It was amazing. And uh, they actually even got on to um, um, Opportunity Knox. Oh, <laughs> that was big back in the day. Yeah, but they, that was but a they, big show. But, that was yeah, but they didn't win. Yes, yeah. so yeah, but yes, yeah, so my dad, my dad's older brother Tony, I think he was yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, amazing. Was brilliant well, that that explains band. a lot. That context explains yeah. a lot. And my and my and my cousin Jonathan, he's he's like one of the best guitar players ever. But he he tours with um Cliff Richard. So oh there wow! You go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good gig. That, that, yeah, it wouldn't relax. It's a very good gig. Yeah. Long, how long's that been going? <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a absolutely bulletproof career move. Joining Cliff Richards. Oh band. no, but, no, but John, <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan is an amazing guitarist. He is brilliant. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the last track on your list because it's a real favourite of mine, and I especially love playing it on the radio because nobody knows that it's really rude <laughs> or at least that's what I think when I play it uh, I think it's rude isn't it I'm sure I it think, is I think it's about I think it's about a, a certain sex act as we'd say in the continuity yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well you know it, it, it's a record that's become extremely close to mine and Joe's heart mm. because um, now the record is called uh, Goo Goo Muck yeah. now it's Ronnie Coleman is that right Ronnie Coleman Ronnie Cook, and Ronnie, Cook. Cook and Ro Gay Ronnie Cook sorry and the yeah. Gay Lads yeah yeah. and uh, <laughs> now I didn't hear the uh, the Ronnie Cook one until quite late because I always used to think um, uh, the, the cover version was done by oh the Cramps wasn't the it? Cramps yeah. yes and the, and the Ramones did a brilliant and the Ramones well. did it yeah and and so I've always thought it was I always thought it was the Cramps you see mm. um, and then when me myself and Joe got married a couple of years ago um, we had um, the late great Andrew Weatherall wow. as as our one of our DJs at our wedding and very very. <sighs> That Very is the good best friend. wedding yeah. DJ ever. Yeah. Um, like, can't get better than that, can you? No, you've got the amazing. governor. <laughs> the governor, yeah. Now it's funny. I booked him the year before, and Andrew said, "Oh yes, I'd come and I'd love to come and play." You know, and I didn't hear from him for ages and ages. I hadn't seen him for a while, hmm. uh, and then he rang me up out of the blue and he said, "Right, I'll be coming to your wedding and I'll be DJing." <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Uh, anyway, so. <laughs> So he decided to. We had three days of wedding celebrations. I.e., you know, the uh, we had the um, registry office marriage. Yeah. Then we had a a big do in a a community hall uh, down in Ramsgate. And then we had the third day of like the open house party, if you like. I love that. Yeah. But the community hall was fantastic. So. Rocky and Diesel from Express 2 were on the door for me, letting people come through. <laughs> Andrew turned up on his own, as he always does. I think he left his dear partner Liz at home. But he turned up, and uh, Rocky, as a, as a the sort of joke, said to uh, Andrew, you know, um, so, sir, um, what's your name? 
And uh, Andrew said, you're all joking, aren't you? And Rocky said, no, 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 I've got to have your name. And bearing in mind that Rocky and Diesel have known Andrew since the 80s, you know. And so Andrew just turned round. And <laughs> sorry for laughing here. But um, oh, Algernon, Algernon Spunk Trumpet. Was... <laughs> and uh, Rocky the just said, uh, yeah, yeah, Rocky said, yep, you're on. Go on in. You go. <laughs> and yeah, and we sat down. We had a lovely time. Anyway, the next day he tipped up um, to the open house party. Mm. Um, and he was in another dear friend of mine, Darren Price, who's a part of Underworld. Yeah. And yeah. they sat on stage together, dare I say, the whole day, beautiful day, uh, and uh, getting up to no good, uh, smoking copious amounts of weed. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> and the funny thing was, so it got to about near nearer to sunset, and it was Andrew's time to get on, you see. So Joe mm. said, come on, Andrew, on you go. And he sort of had this really kind of like, you know, look of, I've been just enjoying myself, Joe, you know. <laughs> so he stood up, got his vinyl out, etc., And uh, he, he turned around to Joe and he said, so what? What am I going to play then? And she went, you play what you want. You're Andrew Weatherall, you know. <laughs> and um, the, the sun was just beginning to set. And the first record he put on was Goo Goo Muck. Oh, and the place okay. went mental. It went absolutely yeah. mental. Never seen anything like it. When the sun goes down and the moon comes up, I turn into a teenage goo goo muck. I cruise through the city and I roam the streets. Looking for something that is nice to eat You'd better duck When I show up The Goo Goo Muck So in the opening line is when the sun comes down and the moon comes, the moon up. comes up Yeah, and that was it Brilliant. And my, my dear daughter, Helen, was standing there with... Um, I love techno T-shirt on, thinking that Andrew was going to play a, a techno <laughs> set. Out, yeah, yeah. And she sort of was pulling me by my leg, legs and going, why isn't Andrew playing techno? I said, because he's Andrew Weatherall and he plays what he wants, you see. And he played the most amazing rockabilly, um, R&B, 50s R&B set you've ever heard. It was stunning. Mm. And at the end of the set, he was there on his own. Everyone had gone off. We were just at the end, and he said, oh, any chance of a lift? And uh, so Andrew, Joe, and a couple of friends decided, oh, we'll, we'll give you a lift back to your hotel. And uh, before we got back to the hotel, Andrew demanded that he get a crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> what a diva. Yeah, what a diva. So we stopped off at a garage, got him so he could get his crunchy. And then before we got to the hotel, which was in Ramsgate, he turned around and he said, one thing's really bothered me. And we said, what's that, Andrew? And he went, the metal sign on the lift is askew. And he said, <laughs> I must say to you guys, when I get into that lift to go up to my room, I will straighten it. And that's the last words he said to us. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> oh, man. 
I like the image of him like in the lift with his, with his, <laughs> his screwdriver going up and down. Very level, yeah. Various yeah. people popping their heads in and seeing Andrew Weather all there going, no, I'm no, dreaming. No, 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 no. <laughs> but no, a very, very, uh, a one-off character. Um, one of the most beautiful men that ever graced this planet was mm. Andrew Weatherall. Absolutely. Oh, that's a yeah. great story. And the chops to, to you know, DJ at someone's wedding and be like, you know, whatever, techno, disco, whatever, I'm going to open with Ronnie Cook and the Gay Lads, Goo Goo Muck. <laughs> and everyone, and taking everyone a lot, you know, like knowing that that was the right thing for the night. But that was him. That was yeah. him all over. He always knew in his own head, you know, he was like, I know what to do now. Mm. And he would completely change the whole, everything in, in yeah. like one moment with the record. You know, it's brilliant. Yeah, he really Absolutely was one brilliant. of those ones. He could just, you know, whatever your expectations were, because I went to see him a couple of times and I had the same thing as your daughter, I have to say, the first time I saw him, I was like, it's going to bang it out. It's going to be wicked, right? Let's, yeah. get a, let's get a jump on, let's go. And I think he just started playing rock and roll. <laughs> I, think, I think he might have, he might have even played Nirvana at that time. I think. Oh, he probably did. Yeah, he, he probably just, he, did. He dropped it in, and you know. And the funny thing was, you know, it's a raving crowd. You wouldn't expect anything that didn't have a four-four kick drum to work anyway. And of course, everyone went bonkers, absolutely <laughs> yes. bonkers. Because, but I, I, I yeah, I used tune. to have, yeah, I used to have a lot of uh, wonderful conversations with Andrew on the phone, you know, he, he was very, you know, the beautiful thing about Andrew was quietly, he was a great supporter of other people as well. And mm. over the years, you know, Andrew was one of these people that, you know, he didn't like everything I did, of course not, but he, he was a great supporter of something if I did do and he liked it, I would always get the Andrew Weatherall phone call, oh, you know, okay. and that was, that was the thumbs up, you know. And, you know, we'd meet up and then, you know, obviously a brown paper bag with loads of money would get passed over to him. You've got to grease the wheels, haven't you? You've got to grease the wheels of the industry. But no, he was, he was a, a fascinating and, as I said, he's just a one-off character. Yeah. An absolute yeah. one-off. Yeah. What a great story. I mean, you must have seen a lot of big changes in the scene over the years. Like, I mean, what was that whole changeover from the soul into the electronic stuff? How did that come about for you I, I talked to Norman Jay he did like a question and answer thing uh, a long time yeah. ago in, in Soho and he was saying that you know he can remember the day he can remember the, the very gig where he just it, there was all these sort of like acid house people coming towards the venue <laughs> and he just thought, thought oh shit a James Brown record just isn't going to do it this time I don't, what am I going to well, do you know? <laughs> well I, I I was I was with Shock Sound System who um, in the 80s and we were the first it's documented we were the first mm -hmm. sound in house music to play house music at Notting Hill Carnival wow. and, Nor and Norman Jay will tell you the same story you know that you know he was playing his thing at Notting Hill Carnival he was feeling a bit jaded one day he walked from where he was round the corner into Powys Square and he saw Shock Sound System DJ and so he said, you guys he saw? Wow. Yeah. That, and oh, wow, he saw that's, us. that's the story I was thinking of. Amazing. Yeah, and when he saw us, he just went, right, this is the future. Hey, it's not often you can say that. Yeah, that yes, Norman Jay, yes. biting my style. Yeah, yeah so this is the future. But you know, I love Norman immensely, and we, we go back a long way. We're very, very, very close. And, um, you know, but, you know, get taking what you said, what Norman was saying, for us, it would, mine would have been 
shock sound system, you know, reggae soul kid with a bit of indie mm. thrown in, then all of a sudden I'm hearing, you know, Adonis No Way Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the first time I heard that, I thought it was, and the first time I heard that, I thought it was a sped up reggae record. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck it on the wrong then, speed, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was a bit like that. Yeah. And then, then, then uh, the boys in the boys in shock sound system, uh, Dean Zephyrin and uh, Stanley Zephyrin, who were brothers, they, they said to me, no, Ash, we're going to introduce you to house music, mate. This is it. This is the future, you know. Wow. It was amazing, yeah. And nothing was the amazing. same again. <laughs> never, never. But then again, you know, talking about what you were saying, we had that, you know, moving on from uh, soul music and soul boys and all of a sudden electro coming through, yeah, electro yeah, hip-hop. So, you know, all in all, it's, it's, it, there's, it's constantly changing, isn't it? You know, it's, 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 it's amazing to see. Well, that that's lovely to hear, and, and you're still still going strong. I mean, we, I've, I've been listening to a lot of. Uh, basically, I do a radio show once a month on Totally Wide Radio, and uh, it's getting to the point where I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit how many Ramrock records I'm playing because <laughs> 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 you, you guys keep churning them out, you know. But I mean, you're still making some fantastic remixes, and and it's it, you know what what's what's up for you next? What are you what are you doing? What are your plans for the next um, little while? I think we've got. God, I think um, in the next couple of days we've got um, a rock band. Um, you'll have to forgive me, Joe Wallace, because I can't remember him. But, <laughs> but Joe, basically, Joe, Joe just wakes me up in the morning, goes right, we're off to the studio, remix time, you know. But uh, but we've got we've got a lot of stuff um, happening at the moment, and um, I can tell you now, um, we heard back last Saturday that um, Craig Charles made the. Joseph Mal- Malik album, Diverse 3, which is on Ramrock Records, as album of the year. Wow, well yes. deserved too. Yeah, and we yeah. were stunned, to say the least, because uh, Craig Charles has been a, a huge supporter of Ramrock Records. Um, yeah. But to make that album of the year, we were like, well, you know what? All praise is due, because Joe worked so hard on all her acts, I think. And um, yeah. to have that, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a lovely thing, yeah. Well yes, certainly well is. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, you know, it's, it's just really well deserved. And like you say, w- when we had her on the show, she was talking about, you know, when she first came across Joseph, and uh, I think he was in in quite dire straits at the time. He was, yes, uh, yes, yeah. And uh, you know, she was just keen to help him out of that first and foremost. And now yeah. to see his star rise to this level, I think it must be great. It must give you a lot of satisfaction, the pair of you, to see that happen. Oh, absolutely, you know, and his life, his life is uh, changed, you know, he's, he's, he's now realised that music is, once again, it's a beautiful thing, and I think, I think, you know, getting to the point of it all is that to work as a community is what it's all about, the love of music and the community, mm. uh, and I think that's so important. It's old school, but it works, you know, and any time I'm making music or I'm involved with a project, whatever... It has to start as a community first. I think that's the very most important thing. Such a pleasure to to speak to you and to, you know, just to like speak to a fellow true music obsessive. (laughs) I like how that's just the subtext going through all of this. It's really nice. No, it's it's a real blessing talking to you two as well. Thank you so much. You better duck when I show up. The Google Mac. Hey, baby, like I've been telling you. Uh-huh. 
I'm the go 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 go. Now, because it's Christmas, we thought we'd throw you a special audio cracker in the form of the very first, perhaps inaugural, What Goes Around Christmas Pop Quiz. Now, we did ask DJ Wrong Tom to be on one of the teams, but we all decided that he knows far too much. So instead, we built a fantastic team. I, Eamon Miracle Murtagh, have on my side the wonderful BB Bruiser Lynch. And I and the monster Frankenstein have none other than Motown Joe Wallace straight out of Chatham on my team. It's going to be a challenging one. And I have a feeling this won't be as humiliating an experience as most pop quizzes that I've done in the past. And because neither of us are able to stop ourselves from cheating and writing the questions for ourselves, we have employed the wonderful Connor Jatter from the Hoopla Improvisation Troupe to come and be our quiz master. And he does a a marvellous job despite looking thoroughly, thoroughly worried at the wild animals he has to tame in front of him. He's a good mediator. I have to hand it to him. Shall we get into this thing? Yes, it's the bass notes versus the groove gurus in the first What Goes Around Christmas Pop Quiz. You're going down, you two. You Just are. Remarking. You are. You've already ruined Christmas. Don't start. <laughs> we got you on the ropes already, mate. Don't worry about that. Means not to me. I'm Jewish. I hate them, Eamon. So. I hate them. <laughs> I can't believe the sheer amount of trash talking that's happened already. This is the tip of the iceberg. It's very cathartic. It's I hope beef. it carries on. I'll give you beef. I've got a whole herd outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got beef. You hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Chatham. You just don't mess with Chatham birds. All right? It gets nasty. All right? Oh, I'm quite aroused. Is anyone else? <laughs> That's wrong on many levels. Thank you. Oh, dear. Now who's ruined Christmas? Connor, was that a sigh of, uh, of Jason already? We haven't even started the quiz yet. That was a proper Christmas gr- uh, groan. So, yes, uh, I've got away and I've prepared uh, three rounds of questions for you. And I've tried to fit the questions to some of the themes in the pod. So I don't uh, listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he means my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, or the one that I slavishly edit for you. <laughs> yeah, so you might have a slight advantage there. I've already got your sort of, uh, you've got your names. We've got BB, Bruiser Lynch, Amy Miracle Murder, Motown Joe Wallace, and the Monster Frank Slide. I think we need team names, I think, oh, as yeah. well. Yes. Oh, the Groove Gurus. Yeah, I, like, I love oh, that. Yes, Joe. Ooh, get them. Straight in there. Amazing. Yeah, you know what Straight in at him. We've got the Groove Gurus. <laughs> Versus. We could be the base notes. Your, Groove Gurus, your first question. Here we go. Um, what is the best-selling instrument of all time? Ooh. Mm. It's probably going to be something like the triangle, but let me have a think. Mm. Mm. Would it not be a guitar or a piano? I suppose pianos are very big and expensive. Don't know. <laughs> I'm probably going to go with something, the recorder. Good shout. Ooh. I'll back you up on that. Why, why are you saying recorder? 
because every single child has one mm. inflicted on them. Mm. And there's a lot of kids in the world. <laughs> That's true, so, too many. There are. There are. Bibi, it's... is that your buzzer, by the way? I know what it is. Is that your buzzer? Are we allowed to... Hang on a minute. Let what, me... Google? They don't what, Google? No. <laughs> I have. Hang on. If you, if I was googling, you'd hear the keys going. Very much. Brain brain going. Going. I dare you. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I appreciate with... the big double bluff there, where she actually googled the answer. Like a <laughs> hang on a minute. Hang on. Hang on a minute. Listen. Listen. Oh yes. The answer is. I'm going to go with something that you stick in your mouth anyway. I'll go with recorder. Yeah, yeah. I think you meant to Fantastic. say Ouija. We're going to go with recording. Oh yeah, we're <laughs> going to go with recording. I thought you'd already kind of given up. Yeah. <laughs> Never. According, according to my sources, it is not a recorder. Well, darling, baby, I'm I'm full of ideas. Are you? I'm just. I've got Ron Jeremy in my head. Nice. <laughs> He might be the highest earning. That might be the highest earning instrument, rather than the biggest. You're you're not the first. You won't be the last. I'm sure. (laughs) What's Um, that? The beef oboe. (laughs) (laughs) This this has gone downhill quickly, hasn't it? Well, it would be not what I expected at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe it's like just like. uh, I mean, I'm thinking harmonica. It is the harmonica. <gasps> Boom! <What? laughs> According to I my I know you're my teammate, but that's Google. ridiculous. Yeah. Apparently there are three you've million harmonicas sold know. every year. Three million. And no one harmonica. can play them apart from Stevie Wonder. Yeah. yeah. Who is <laughs> who is torturing their mates with the harmonica? Who was the harmonica? Are they just being shipped out to prisons or something? <laughs> There's about 2,999,000 thrown away immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, that's one point to the bass notes. Uh, I'll go oh. over to the bass notes for the next question. Which well-known musician opened with the first UK number one of the year, uh, this year, 2021? Which well-known musician opened with the first UK number one of the year? Well, I, I, I'm sure you've got a really good answer for this, haven't you, Bibi? Do you know my back hurts a little bit, so I'm just going to I'm just going to stretch. Um, I want to say Ed. I want to say Ed Sheeran. Do you, do you know? I'm, Amy, I'm happy to go harmon- with the Ginger Warrior. Let's 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 yeah. give Ed a wheel out. Yeah. Well, uh, storming into the lead here is Ed Sheeran. It's Ed <gasps> Stop Ooh. it! That's ridiculous. Yeah. Ed Sheeran is number one every month of the year. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I'll, I'll give I'll give you uh, I'll give the Groove Gurus a chance. If you can name what song it was, I'll, I'll come off it. Point. They're all the same. So, <laughs> God knows. I I, I was going to say, uh, I've got no idea. I actually dislike the bloke immensely mm. because. <laughs> well, they, they do sometimes play. I, I can talk like I have the only context I hear, hear Ed Sheeran in is when I'm doing an exercise class and he does have a song <laughs> about your body, my body. Oh, hell oh God, how repulsive. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we're talking oh, about his and not mine, Joe. He's like a um, mortician. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, if you, had to, if you had to make up the title of an Ed Sheeran song, what do you think uh, one might sound like? What guess. me personally? Yeah, just go on, Joe. You, you, oh, it would sound it would sound like an enormous cash register. <laughs> 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 I 
afraid it wasn't Ed Sheeran with enormous cash register. It was uh, Ed Sheeran with Afterglow was the tune. Oh. Yeah. Afterglow? Christ. Oh, yeah. Christ. No one in this quiz has no, any no, idea what that's ever. about. So old. <laughs> Me neither. Old. Me neither. I thought I'd just throw that one in there. That's good. Thanks. Good. Here we go. Here's one uh, that hopefully won't cause another Britpop argument. <laughs> um, <laughs> well. <laughs> which British... Musician caused controversy in 1997 when he said taking drugs was like having a cup of tea in the morning. I believe this one is back no, over to the groove. Gallagher. Gurus. Yes. Was not yes. That's what era. Yeah. See? Yeah. Go, yeah, 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 well. So that brings us to the end of round one. Look at that. No no banter there. No, absolutely no need for any discussion. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had enough of Noel Gallagher. He's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as he said Britpop, I thought it's Noel Gallagher. That's the answer. <laughs> Yeah, great. So uh, that's the end of round one then. Base notes with two points. Groove Guru with one. How are we feeling? Angry. We're feeling like winners. Winners. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus didn't want this. I think we could all do well just to remember what Christmas is about. This is what Christmas is about. Oh, Oh, sorry. The the sound of enormous cash registers. (laughs) (laughs) And poorly concealed rage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I think we're all going to need a drink after this one for sure. (laughs) Round two uh, brings us to our sort of intros round where I sent you some songs. Uh, And I've I've given this a go, so I know it is very hard. So I'm going to already, I'm just going to say, whatever you manage to come up with here, I'm immensely proud of you all. (laughs) It's it's very difficult. Um, uh, Why don't we let you guys decide? Is there a team that would like to go first? I think the losers probably need to go first. Us! Before my my vocal cords collapse. Give up. Um, Amazing. Okay, so uh, we'll go over to the Groove Gurus. um, And Joe, would you like to go first then? Oh, why not? Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. I'm coming out, Diana Ross. Perfect. See, and the other one is see, and the other one is dun 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 you see, when, when the questions are about actual musicality, that's when me and Joe kill it. See, we just, we just bond. Yeah, slide, slide it. Perfect yeah. harmony. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Joe, you ready? Yep. Yeah. Um, do, 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 do. It sounds like a Nile Rogers bass line. That's the key. Keep going. Joe's left the room. No. No. I feel like this is a reflection on me rather than a reflection on you, Joe. You've done a fantastic job. I'm so sorry. I'll pass it over to the bass notes, shall I? Do I need to sing it again? Yeah, do it again. You don't need to, but we'd love to. 
no, don't do it, and don't fall into yeah. that. Trap. I think you've had. I think you've had enough. You've I heard think, enough. I, I, I think. Honestly, I think we've had enough. I have no idea. I'm afraid. <laughs> Would you like to? Would you like to reveal your reveal? Love, come down. Oh, you made my love. Come on, that was that was absolutely note for note perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Listen back to that and yeah, yeah. Champagne King. Um, uh, Do you have another for us, Anne? I do. This one's a horse going down a train track. Come on. Hang on a minute. Now you're singing Love Come Down again. Yeah. It's a medley. It was so accurate, it's gone stuck it's in your It's What song starts like that? Do, do, no do, song do, ever started <laughs> like that. Well, if we knew that. Not in the artist's mind. <laughs> Well, that's how it sounds to the average layman. So maybe you should have uh, thought about that when he made it. What do you think, Joe? Have you any ideas? Oh, I'm scuppered. Tell us what it is, Anne, because uh, because we could be here a long time, and I I really want to finish this. I, I think I'm too good. I think I'm too yeah. good, and yeah. it's putting yeah. you all off. It's fucking superstition by Stevie Wonder. You oh, for God, get off the fucking podcast! Oh, come on, <laughs> what you mean? Jesus Christ! Come on! <laughs> What goes around podcasts would like to apologise to Mr. Stephen Wonder. How would you do it, Dave? How would you do it? That's a melody. I'm not allowed to do the melody. No, I can do what I want. I'm a guest. I'm not getting a prize. I feel like I need to get some sort of control over the over the team. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Good, excellent. After after that, Groove Gurus, uh, that gives you three, leaves you with three points. Base notes with two. Uh, we'll go over to the base notes now. Who would like to go first? Can I go first? Because I feel really nervous. Oh, yeah, don't be. Oh, really don't fall into that trap. <laughs> no, you've, you've seen. You've <laughs> heard oh, the <laughs> It's probably because of how 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 um, charming and, um, and and lovely Connor sounds. <laughs> Very nurturing. <laughs> Very nurturing. <laughs> Our special and easily bribed host. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, Sunshine of Your Love. By, well, it could be by Cream or it could be Spanky Wilson. Cream. Cream. I'll get half a point. Eamon. Eamon and Connor, yeah. you're the only two I like. <laughs> okay, all right. Um <laughs> I, got, I, must, um, I must say, done the easy one first, that's for sure. Wait, I yeah, I have. Set uh, stuff up here, this is going to be good. Did it, no, oh God, I'm doing the other one. Hang on. Did it, did 
I'm just going to stop here. Even I don't know which one this is, and I chose the song. So rude. Partridge family. Whatever it is. I'm sorry, baby. I don't know. Let's throw it over to the other side just to hear the blank confusion. David Cassidy. Shaking Stevens. Shaking Stevens. Ed Sheeran. You're just shouting at names now. It is Massive Cash Register by Ed Sheeran. I win. What is it? What is it? It's Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Oh. All level, do I get three points each. Connor, Connor, oh, yes. do yes. I get an extra point for being the only person who scored two points by getting both titles guessed correctly? You know what? Well, I haven't had a go yet. Amy hasn't done his. Oh, hasn't he? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> if you ask me again... If you ask me again in a minute, I might give you. I was I was about to give you a point, but Eamon uh, interrupted. So, uh, <laughs> well, give uh, me you two. Just, you want two points? All right, yes. you can have two points. So I'll give you two. Thank points. you. You're, Come on, Eamon, let's hear yours. Stash. They're not for the team. You can just have those points <laughs> and do what you want. With okay, baby, baby, this is this is points in the bag. Okay, yeah. don't let me down, right, girl. Eamon is thinking about okay. the edit here. You can really tell. <laughs> yeah, you betcha. He's just like everyone. Shut up and get on with the quiz. Oh, that's easy. Oh, oh come on. on. I know it. I know it and I love it. And it's. You do. Oh, my God. I can't. This, this actually used to be my ringtone. I don't know if that helps at all. This is my ringtone. This, no, this ring doesn't tone. help. I don't know if that helps. What doesn't help? I know. I know. I'll throw it over to the Groove Gurus. Come Together by the, the Beatles, right? Beatles. Oh, yeah, damn you. Beatles. That's because we're damn old. You. So sorry. It was that. It was that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay, you it? don't get this one, BB. All right. It's over between yeah. us. Okay. Okay. <laughs> God. <laughs> Someone check on Amy because I think he's just had three strokes. <laughs> Listen, baby. Okay, Listen. okay. These are good. Everyone's okay. going to get these except you. I know. Don't be mean. It's crispy. No, it's fine. It's fuck it. Win. Fuck it all. Fuck you all. Shimbidi. <laughs> Oh, is it? Stand by me. Stand by me. Yes. Very good work. Thank God for that. Thank God for you. Oh, thank God for me too. Thank God for. Thank God it's over. Thank God it's nearly over. Right. Yeah. Round two is over with Groove Gurus. You're on four points. 
Base notes on four, and Joe <sighs> with two of her own points. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the solo that. star of the podcast. So, oh, so round three, before anyone says anything illegal on the pod, <laughs> yes. um, I'm going to read out some lyrics to songs, and you're going to finish them for me. It's as simple as that. Finish the next line. The next line. Come on, How beats. are we feeling? Feeling confident? Feeling good? No. no. I feel yeah. nauseous. No. You look oh, great, though. Don't, don't. Yeah, I do look good today. Thank you. Wait, are you in the same room? <laughs> Shh, Am I the don't only tell one? Me, are you all in the same room? Am I Shh, don't tell him. We're, don't all tell him. The, we're all in the same room. We're you're, all in a bath. We're in a hot tub. <laughs> Am I the only one not in the hot tub? Yes. That's why you're so giggly. I can't believe it. All right, okay. I'm going to take away a point each for not inviting me to the hot tub. And, all right, here we go. I'm going to start the, start the clock. See how many you can name in a minute. Uh, here we go. Uh, let me your ears and I'll sing you a song. And I'll try not to sing out of tune. Oh, ooh, can I give you that? Can of I course give you, you that? can. Let's try not to sing out of key. Oh, oh, they meant oh, tune. Oh, they yeah, just, they, they fucked up you. and they typed the lyrics. Oh, it's, it's, mm. it's Christmas, I'll give you the point. Go on. Mm. They call me the Vulture because that's my name. Uh, I am the Vulture. Hear my game. <laughs> 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 I fly high around the town. Looking for game. Sifri, <laughs> vulture. Uh, gonna take your mama out all night. Oh my god, oh, I don't know any of these. Drinks are free, where drinks are free. No, no. Okay. <laughs> um, and everybody like knows her name. Joanna, please. Oh god. Take your mama out all night. We need animatronic back. She was on the pod and everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh, passing. Pass. Passing. Pass. Time's uh, ticking. Okay, because uh, uh, baby, there ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't, ain't no, no valley, valley deep enough. Deep enough to keep me from you. Oh, ain't you, no river deep enough. Yeah, ain't no river. Ain't, ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no river low enough. Well, you know. Time gone. I'll give you it. I'll give you it. <laughs> we are. We're, we're very <laughs> loosely and getting this right. It's a minute. It seems so much longer. I, I'm not going to lie. That's what they all say. It was, it was a very. I stretched a bit of time there. Time oh, time you're there. you're a sweetheart, so Eamon. I could only yeah. apologise for what, what what happened then. I felt quite intimidated okay. by Anne. Yeah. Indeed. Okay. So that was you got a grand total of two there. That puts you on six base notes. Groove Gurus. What? Uh, you're on four. Uh, are you ready? You feeling ready? Feeling good? Yeah, so kind of. And the kind of. Uh, okay, here we go. Time starts now. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. Yes, common people. Like, oh, a, like an <laughs> Like a goblin. Stop wasting our time. Come on, can't I, can't I go? <laughs> I've heard the gossip from the street to the slammer. Oh, I don't know, Joe. She's got a carpet bag and a big hammer. <laughs> I, I wish that was one of the lyrics. They're trying to see Dizzy stays true to his grammar. Fix up, look sharp, Dizzy Master. In the midnight hour, I can feel your power. <laughs> when I call your name. No, fuck. Ooh. Pass. Uh, just like a prayer, you know, I'll take you there, Madonna, oh, like a prayer. Uh, for there's Basie, Miller and Sachimo. Oh, um... It's um, Sir Duke. Yeah, a little bit more. 
What are the lyrics? Oh, oh come on, what do you want? The label, the matrix oh. number? <laughs> <laughs> if you've got it, if you've got it, you win the quiz right yeah. now. <laughs> you can have it if you give it the matrix number <laughs> for And the kids um, also do I'll give I'll give you it, I'll give you it. Thank uh, you. The moment I wake up um, I, put I put on, on my, my makeup. makeup. Okay, yeah, lovely. I'll say and a little that prayer for you. Is your time oh, is up. Yes. Oh no. That's a minute, that's a minute. Very good work, gang. Uh, I think you should give yourselves a little round of applause. Fantastic. I feel yeah. like really what my heart is raising. Very good. Is this what it feels like to win? I'm not applauding really that. I'm not applauding that. <laughs> but do, not do I not get an extra point for just making shit up? Like you've got a big carpet bag and a large hammer. That's fucking great. Don't you worry. You've, was good. I gave you the point good. already, Joe. Don't you worry. Thank you. It's already been counted. It's in my um, secret stash. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so the final scores. Oh, good luck, everyone. Uh, Except Anne and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, the 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 last round was quite, I played quite fast and loose with the points there, so I think um, we're all we nice, won basically. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. But bass notes with six and groove gurus with seven. Oh, yes. Mm. Joe with three. Yes. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> I know I'm only a, a visitor to Christmas, being a, a you know an Irish Jew and all, but I do appreciate gifts. And one gift that you could give to me and Eamon would be to like and subscribe to this podcast. Like, subscribe, leave us a review, and uh, if you think you know someone else in your life who might also like the pod, please pass it on to them because their word of mouth is really the greatest gift you can give this happy Christmas Jew this Christmas. Happy Christmas.